It's always a tough act to follow. Good music, isn't it? This morning we're going to look at the transition of Elijah's ministry from that which is private to that which is public. And hopefully we'll all interface with this as we think about some of our particular experiences along the way. A few years back, Karen and I were invited to speak in the International Church in East Berlin. And uh, we got there, of course. We were well positioned for that exchange of ministry. And we were told how discouraging and how discouraged the missionaries and other people were as far as this ministry is concerned. And it was interesting to notice and rehearse with them their private development as a church. And also try to understand what they were endeavoring to do as it relates to their particular public ministry. In speaking in that church on Easter Sunday morning a few years ago, it was absolutely amazing the level of paranoia that existed in that church because of the wars that Germany lost and just how many people failed really to trust each other. And yet, uh, the grace of God enabled this church to start and to have an effective ministry. And it was interesting how God, by His Spirit, was able to take that private resolve and to produce a very significant public ministry. Let's pray. Father, as we look at Elijah this morning and try to gather some thoughts concerning his transition from that which is private to that which is public, and help us to recognize that we too have the same responsibility and experience as far as our lives are concerned today. And Father, as we look at these verses 7 through 17 in uh, some detail, we trust you'll give us wisdom and strength to listen, to grasp, to present clearly so that the grace of God will prevail in our church. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You will notice, of course, that uh, previous thoughts on the life of Elijah were concerned was how God nurtured him, how God uh, protected him physically through this drought period. I've often wondered just how Elijah was able to cope with the fact that the brook was gradually drying up and no evidence of what God was going to say to him by next steps or other provisions as far as his particular life was concerned. So at the appropriate time, in verse 7 of 1 Kings chapter 17, the brook dried up, of course, and God called Elijah to his next appointment, his first public appointment as far as ministry is concerned. You know, there are times when it comes to our private ministries and ultimately moving into our public ministries, the call of God to engage in the same is over a period of time. Reminds me when I was a boy, uh, almost too long ago to remember. 
Uh, I was a little naughty on one occasion, uh, just one, and um, I took my mother's flower sifter and went all over the living room, all over the dining room and the kitchen and the bedrooms, sifting flour all over the floor. Now, uh, I'm left-handed, and they tell me that left-handers are creative. I'm not sure about that. But anyway, <clears throat> so my mother got a little smart with me, and she put me on a stool. And as you know, I like living on stools once in a while. And right there, I said to my mother the first words, I'm going to be a preacher someday. I was at age five. And I can tell you the, the events that led to this point of me becoming involved with the ministry. Sometimes calls are immediate. All of a sudden, God speaks and we need to respond. And sometimes circumstances around us dictate just that kind of attention as far as God is concerned and as far as families are concerned. As far as uh, this morning is concerned, the call of Elijah to ministry was over a period of time. I mean, you come to verse 7, after the brook dried up and allowing Elijah to go through some of these concerns about what's going to happen to me, God spoke. And as you uh, come to verse 9 of the text this morning, we have the words, The command was given, Go at once to Zarephath. And can you imagine Elijah for a few moments this morning? You know, the brook is drying up, lots of stress, probably hasn't had a good bath for a long time, and now all of a sudden God says, go to Zarephath. And I can only imagine being in that part of the world, and some of those stone showers are beautiful, and nice warm water. Uh, I know this is going a little bit back in history, but so be it, and maybe... Elijah was thinking about, well, boy, I'm going to have a good shower for a change. But Elijah was obedient. He went at once to Zarephath. Now, let me describe Zarephath for a little bit for you this morning. First, it appears that Elijah was by the brook for about 12 months. From where he was residing at the brook to Zarephath is probably 80 or 90 miles. And, of course, it's a desert condition, and he had to walk the same. Zarephath, by definition, means stress, heartache, and difficulties. And uh, when we think of stress and difficulties and um, what was taking place in Zarephath, we have a little bit of a, an inkling as to what was ultimately going to come to friend Elijah. You see, Zarephath was the birthplace of Baal worship. It was the kingpin of disobedience toward God. Jezebel, as the first lady of this Israeli nation, was a key player in the development of Baal worship. When the Baal worshippers stopped worshiping in Zarephath, she would take over and take it to new heights of disobedience. And ultimately, when we come to the 19th chapter of 1 Kings, we get into this whole issue of Jezebel and Elijah. And I sure hope you're ready for it, because it'll be an interesting sermon on that particular Sunday. But that's where God introduced 
Elijah to public ministry. A place that is tough. Beyond his expectations and probably not in his DNA as far as this restful, relaxing place that he was hopefully anticipating. Now this morning, I want you to really join with me as far as the remainder of this message is concerned. And let's notice together some of your Zarephaths today. It might be a tough relationship with your wife or your husband. Uh, You might have some real issues as it relates to Internet pornography. Uh, You might be really wrestling with a new job somewhere else out of the beautiful spot known as Erie, Pennsylvania. This is a beautiful place. Used to drive back and forth over the years, but never been around Erie, Pennsylvania, only to find gas one time and ran out of gas. But Erie is is really a pretty place. And to think of cancer and the long-term issues of cancer. My daughter-in-law's father is very close to death as we speak this morning. In fact, Anne is traveling or maybe has just arrived in Pittsburgh. Cancer that's been in his body for three years. At least one or two were diagnosed this week in our church as it relates to the subject of cancer. Some of your Zarephaths, of course, have lasted a long time. You've lived with the experience of being put down as, as a man, place of work, or maybe even at home. Or you as a mother have been working in the marketplace and things have not gone well because of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And you're working in a secular place that really develops relativism. We'll talk about that next Sunday. You got your Zarephath or Zarephath this morning? I want you to get it right here. And I want it to be tough to the point that you recognize that it's only God's grace that will get you through this thing. A little bit like Elijah. Oh, he knew God's provision as far as the ravens were concerned. I'm not sure he really liked the bird, but the bird was sufficient to give him meal. In spite of the uncertainties and difficulties in areas that we don't like, God's grace is sufficient. He leads us through our Zarephaths and calls us to particular and effective ministries. Elijah has a lot going for him at this time. He saw how the ravens kept him with meat. How God kept the river or the brook pure as far as the water is concerned. And also was given bread. But now he faces the widow at Zarephath. You know, widows in this city were the poorest of the poor. And that's where God led him. You think God's got a sense of humor? Oh, He's very real. He knows exactly what we need. And there's sufficient grace to give us all that we need in our hopelessness. Those areas that we cannot resolve by the mind or by the soul or by the heart. And even at times the Scriptures become stale. It's 
sometimes church work becomes a little stale. But the abundance of God's grace leading us to an effective public ministry. Notice with me verse 9. Go at once to Zarephath. So he went to Zarephath, verse 10. When he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and asked, Would you bring me a little water in a jar so I may have a drink? As she was going to get it, he called, And bring me, please, a piece of bread. Surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar, little oil in a jug. I'm gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son, that we may eat and die. Now notice with me, Elijah experienced plenty by the brook. He was nurtured of God in his private development for ministry. And here in the, in the start of his public ministry, he was confronted with these words from the woman. I'm gathering some sticks to have a final meal that we may die. I wonder what thoughts some of these people went through in Haiti as they were coming to the end of it with not having water and some food but how some of these were found in time. Some of the testimonies that has come out of that is unbelievable. You'll notice here that the nurture of God's work in Elijah's life was sufficient that he did not react. Didn't scold her, didn't try to coerce her, but allowed her to speak. And allowed her to disclose herself as it relates to where she's at in her particular journey. Ladies and gentlemen, this morning, as it relates to our yieldedness to Him, and we have strong urge to see our souls become nurtured by the Spirit, and we understand what God is saying to us in our respective calls, there's always sufficient meal for us to live the victorious Christian life even though there are times when we are like the psalmist, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Where are you? But sometimes through these silent experiences of God's nurture of us in our private lives, it enables us to go deeper in our relationship with God like the missionaries in East Berlin, how they were so frustrated with this and how they waited upon God for God to speak. And as a result of the missionaries learning the culture which they were required to minister in, this paranoia, this defeat, lack of self-esteem, etc. Missionaries learned that by being faithful and obedient to God and was able to make that church successful. That's a great church in East Berlin today. Sometimes silence is golden. But always remember there is sufficient provision of God's nurture privately to give us the faith and the obedience to wrestle with these things that we haven't got answers for. And it's no different in your experience, your Zarephath this morning. Is your Zarephath right here? Am I making sense at all? I'm just telling you my journey. 
It's the way it's been for me for the last... I've been a believer now since... What do you really want to know? Since 1950. <laughs> and I received Christ in the Mennonite church in Baden, Ontario. When I kneeled on the floor to receive Christ, there was about four inches of water on the floor. Never forget that experience as long as I live. Lots of water around. I'm not sure much else, but there was water. God's been faithful all through these years. He was faithful to Elijah in this experience to give a little bit of space for this woman, of course, to react. But nonetheless, the promise was made in verses 9 through 12. God will supply your every need. And God, of course, did. In fact, Elijah was at Zarephath for approximately two years. That's a lot of days. That's a lot of days for God to give enough oil in the jar and enough meal or flour in the pot, enough water for the widow to make meal for the three of them. And because of that long-term relationship between Elijah and the widow, being there for almost two years, I'm sure they learned a lot about each other. And I'm sure it was wholesome and appropriate as well. But nonetheless, we have this early stages of Elijah's ministry when parts of it was pretty tough, pretty rugged, not really knowing what was going to happen. But you notice the, the, the test as far as the woman is concerned, just the way she was thinking. She had her particular lot in life figured out. Zarephath in many ways put her in this particular environment. Any false religion causes a desert condition in the world. And disobedience in the life and practice of the church always causes desert conditions in the life of the church. Count on it. One of the churches we pastored in Canada had a horrible split because of homosexuality. And I went there as a pastor of about 15 years' experience to deal with this particular matter. Oh, I knew God's call. I knew how He blessed the two previous churches that I was pastored, or I pastored. But this was a new one. This was a pretty tough Zarephath. And my cousin, who's about 15 or 16 years older than I am, coached me because he had been through this in his church as well, a much larger church, even larger than this one. What a toolkit he gave to me. But talking with Gordon, we were talking about the frailties of the situation. We're talking about the hopelessness of the situation. We're talking about people being able to talk behind everybody else's back and personal preferences and difficulties in terms of really addressing the grace and mercy of God that we sang and were a part of this morning so well. Thanks be to God that church is healthy today. Not because of Dave Phillips, but because of the grace of God. Churches have Zarephaths too. As you have Zarephaths in your private life and also in your families. You know, we have a Zarephath here in First Alliance Church. We're looking for a new lead pastor. Your new lead pastor 
is not going to do things like Pastor Rick. Pastor Rick had an enormous ministry. I was talking to the superintendent the other day. We were discussing this very issue. Very few pastors are able to do what Pastor Rick did. But God has led him on. Now, how are you going to handle this Zarephath in terms of a new pastor doing it a different way? Speaking differently. May not have the gifts that Pastor Rick had. Who knows? But as God nurtured Elijah with enough, God will nurture the private life of this church with His provision which is enough to be able to see the abundance of God's direction, His provision to take this church to new levels because of His grace. And trust me here, this is all I do now in ministry is is to go to churches and try to help them find new pastors. And it's tough to be able to go on to a new pastor because of his warts, like my warts, like anybody else's warts, and like your warts. You know, got some warts this morning? We're humans. There were some warts in this particular scene as well. All of a sudden, this woman blurts out, we're just going to have one more meal and we're done. We're going to die. But God's grace is sufficient for all of these things. And she was obedient. Verses 14 and 15. She prepared the meal for Elijah first. And I studied this scripture for a few months, in fact, many years. And I wondered why Elijah had the veracity and the strength to say, well, feed me first, not take care of you. Was that a little selfish? Not necessarily. Elijah was living by faith and she wanted, he wanted this woman to live by faith as well. And that was his way of really seeing where she was at in her journey, in her obedience. She got the meal. And this is what established what you call commonality of purpose between Elijah and the widow and the son. No different here. No different in your situation. How do you perceive your situation? From the point of hopelessness, we've all got that. But by faith, we can see God's provision because grace covers it all. The gospel sustains it forever. And it's enough. And as a result of that, we can find commonality purpose as it relates to the life of the church in resolving some of these particular issues. Think of it for a minute this morning. A person goes through a divorce as a Christian. And all of a sudden, publicly, you've got to come back and face the foe, face the friends. How much provision is there in the church for that? Or people who confess difficulties with some pretty serious other issues, which we don't need to go into. Is there a sufficient meal in this church to provide rest and healing and strength for these dear people? Only by the grace of God, we're not worse. Amen? Did you hear me at the back? This is serious business today. It's the story of Elijah. This was the beginning of his public ministry. And the rest of this series deals with Elijah in his public ministry. And some of this stuff is so glorious, 
we just well up and get all excited about it. But we fail to recognize just how the private ministry development was needed in Elijah's life, recognizing he was publicly involved with things. And that God was able to superintend that to nurture Elijah privately in some very difficult public issues. One of the seminaries that we attended way back, we were asked to take a course, and the course was going to court and watching cases, cases that were difficult. One of the cases that we sat through and listened for several weeks was a murder case. My, it was interesting how the truth of that issue came to the fore. Prosecutors and attorneys and judges and all the rest of it. And now truth prevails. That was a tough Zarephath. What a toolkit that was to help me to be nurtured over the process of 30 some odd years to deal with conflicts in the life of the church. Where's your Zarephath now? Are you still with me this morning? You right here? I want to give you an assignment now as it relates to the sermon I'm going to give to you on the 14th of February. Are you going to come? <laughs> I shouldn't tease you like that, but that's just my nature. Get it from my dad. We'll talk about that sometime. But you know, things were going along as far as the widow and Elijah is concerned. But all of a sudden, the boy got sick. The boy died. Read the rest of the chapter. And there was... <clears throat> there was hopelessness abounding. We don't know what happened in the widow's life prior to this experience. We don't know if that was a, a difficult drag him out death as far as her husband is concerned. She was a widow. We don't know if it was sudden... We don't know. But there was something in her life which bubbled up when the boy got sick. We don't know if it was because of a, a real tight relationship between the widow and the son. Pretty lonely. We don't know all that detail. But nonetheless, there was a real confrontation between Elijah and the widow. We're going to talk about that next on the, 13th, on the 14th of, of February. We're going to go into some deep stuff with that as it relates to peacemakers and so on and so forth and how God provided, first, nurture for Elijah privately. He'd seen it before, but also uh, how he was able to be effective in dealing with the boy. But more importantly, dealing with the spiritual life of the widow. As it relates to church, how do we handle people who don't agree with us? That may come. How do we remain united? That will come. But read that particular passage of Scripture and read it through your Zarephath. And use that as your grid sheet as it relates to coming to that service on the 14th of February. Amen? You're going to do it? Bless the Lord. Let's pray. Father, nurture us by your Spirit as we think about these examples of Elijah and the widow. Personalize it to our situation. We rejoice in the sufficiency of your grace. 
regardless of the depths of need you're there, able to bring healing and strength. Thank you for who you are in your essence, the Almighty, the All-Knowing One, the One who is sovereign in grace, the One who creates the universe, the One who creates personal redemption in us by the power of the Spirit through Christ, the One who looks upon us as your kids. Help us to recognize our Zarephaths, our wonderful thing, and how much we can grow by these Zarephaths privately, publicly. Be with us together, we pray in Jesus' name.